You're listening to the Domecast, where news and observer journalists take a look back and forward in North Carolina politics. And welcome to another edition of the Domecast, our weekly look back and ahead on all things in North Carolina government and politics. I'm Andy Curlis with the News and Observer. We have a good show lined up. Budget, budget, budget. If you're uh, uh, not a, a numbers person, don't worry. We won't be talking about numbers, but we will be talking about the biggest thing going, a major policy uh, document, and, of course, all of the attention uh, in North Carolina government these days is on the budget. Let's. Uh, we're going to talk with Lynn Bonner of the News and Observer, Craig Jarvis of the News and Observer. Later, we'll have uh, Patrick Gannon of the Insider, Ben Brown, joining us. Uh, of course, we will have headliners of the week. But first, let's jump right into the budget. We had some news, uh, an extension, other things. Uh, Lynn Bonner. Welcome to the Domecast. Thanks a lot. So tell us, bring us up to speed, what exactly happened uh, this week? There, uh, of course, was some movement, finally, of the end coming into focus, but tell us what what exactly happened. Right. We may be entering the last lap with the budget. Um, There was an agreed-upon, there were several agreed-upon numbers within the larger $27.1 billion budget, a breakdown, essentially, of what would be spent on education, what would be spent on health and human services, and other broad areas of the budget. So now negotiators can really get together and hash out the details of what's going to what they're going to pay for this year. Now wait, uh, now let me so let me start. You've covered a lot of budgets, Lynn. So they 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 really they both adopted budgets and then they've almost started over exactly. uh, in a way. Yeah, they had to come to an agreed upon number which they did, they did last week and now in a way it's in a way it's like starting from square one. Okay, now we have an agreed upon number. Now we're going to go again and say, okay, how much are we going to spend? And then now we're going to get together and decide what we're going to spend it on. So, but now, now that they are at this place, um, there can be a bit of acceleration now that they've got this, uh, this, these baseline numbers together. Sort of uh, the frame is now drawn, it, and it, they just have to color in exactly. Yeah. And so, of course, uh, they also did announce the agreement on uh, pay. On pay, yes. There are going to be bonuses for most state employees and, and some targeted uh, pay raises. Um, from what we've heard and seen, uh, it's $750, um, which would amount to about 1.7% for the average um, state employee. Uh, what we've seen is that uh, state employees aren't entirely happy with this bonus. Um, and this is the second year in a row that there have been bonuses rather than broad pay increases, which would raise baseline pay for everyone. And that kind of brings in the question, well, the, as, a, as I spoke with someone uh, this week, you know, this is there were two budgets, the governor's and the, Sen- and the Senate budget that had no broad based increases. Uh, the House wanted them, but. Were they were outgunned in the end? Two percent was in the house. Two percent right? was in the, the house. Two percent across the board, uh, along with the increase in baseline for um, for beginning teachers. Um, so two out of three uh, budget uh, centers said, "Well, we want a different kind of compensation for employees," which raises the question going going forward. Well, is this what we're going to see from now on? I mean, there's been 
a real interest um, in the Senate and in the governor's office on market rate increases, which are in this budget for certain people, and performance pay. So what does this mean uh, in the future for state employees? I mean, will there be uh, routine increases in pay, or are they going to go stick with the bonus route, bonuses and target rate increases? And of course, when you don't do across the board, uh, you do it as a bonus, it allows it to not grow the budget Exactly. You know, when they come around next year, you don't have that 2% automatically built, built in. in. Exactly. Yeah. Now, uh, t- obviously, we're in a budget year where there was a surplus. They could have. Uh, they, they could have if they if they wanted to. There was money there. Mm-hmm. But the option was to not do that. Um, when they came back with a much smaller baseline number than the House wanted, that pretty much precluded giving broad-based raises. And, of course, that was an interesting story all week and one that we will follow. Craig Jarvis, uh, there was, of course, all of this in the context of there was a budget deadline. Uh, It would be this coming Monday, August 31st, but they uh, changed that, and there was, uh, of course, allowed for a new round of debate uh, to give us a flavor of what folks are saying about where we stand on uh, getting this all resolved. Well, about the only thing we can say for sure at this point is that they're going to be doing something by this third extension, the end of the third deadline, which is September 18th. Uh, Beyond that, it's just a little unclear. It depends on who you talk to. Uh, The Senate seems more optimistic that something could be resolved. They're working today, Friday. They're working through the weekend. Senator Apodaca said, well, I expect to see the broad outlines of a budget on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, we don't know. The, uh, Nelson Dollar over on the House side <clears throat> is saying, uh, no, we're going to need most of that most of that next two weeks. Uh, so we'll see uh, how long that takes. In the meantime, it just doesn't really look good politically. I mean, this is, you know, what, two months now and they cannot – uh, come up with a budget. Um, it, it just doesn't look bad. Can 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 the Republicans govern? Is you know the criticism that's out there. Uh, Democrats have wasted no time in jumping on that bandwagon and kind of tightening the screws. Uh, Senate Ma- Minority Leader Dan Blue said, "You should. Uh, we should just none of us get paid till this is resolved. We should make the budget negotiators come up with a budget by Monday because the schools are in disarray." And uh, that was. You know a little bit of political rhetoric um but but it, it still it doesn't look good and even uh republicans uh jumping in on that you know wanting to get this uh finished up so the new deadline is september 18th september 18th 11 uh, 11 59 p.m on a friday so uh, will we have a budget by then yes i would think so i think so lynn bonner i'll say yes yes okay let's take a break We'll hear from Patrick Gannon in a minute, a little bit more on the budget uh, after a word. Have you checked out the newly designed News & Observer this week? You'll see changes that make all of our products more visually appealing while giving you in-depth coverage and new ways of storytelling. Visit new.newsobserver.com to learn more about the new ways for your news day. 
As a listener to the Domecast, we have a special offer for you. You can receive the News and Observer Digital Edition for only 99 cents for four weeks. This includes unlimited access to NewsObserver.com, mobile, iPad apps, and the print replica e-edition. Just head over to NewsObserver.com, click subscribe at the top of the page, and enter the promo code DOMECAST to receive this special offer. And welcome back to the Domecast. I'm Andy Curlis with the News and Observer. Joined now by Patrick Gannon of the Insider. And so more on the budget. Let's talk about this. We have a framework. We have a deadline, as we've heard. Uh, but Patrick Gannon, uh, help us understand what's on the table. What What is it going to take to get this thing resolved? There are still a lot of issues outstanding. I mean, we have... Um, the, the basic framework in place, as Lynn was saying, we have agreements on um, uh, bonuses and, and raises for certain state employees. We don't have um, agreements about the, the, the teacher assistant and teacher situation. Um, will there be more funding for teacher assistants as the House wants, or will, will there be more funding for uh, to lower class sizes and to hire more teachers as the Senate wants? That's probably the biggest um uh, issue still out there. Um, we have the, the, um, funding for driver education programs, um, uh, issues still out there. The house wants to fund them. The Senate, the Senate doesn't, um, historic preservation tax credits, which is, uh, which was in the house budget, but not in the Senate budget, something the governor has pushed strongly for, uh, that's still hanging out there. Will that make it into the final, uh, budget? Uh, we don't know. Another huge issue is, is cost of living uh, adjustment for um, state retirees uh, in the system. Um, the House wanted a couple percent, I believe, uh, cost of living adjustment. Uh, uh, we'll see if there's any at all in the, in the final plan. Uh, there's film grants. We're hearing a lot of uh, noise from down uh, in the Wilmington area uh, from film workers who are saying they're having to move to Georgia because they're there, there, there's just not enough uh, film business going on in the state anymore after the incentive was uh, was drastically uh, cut. Um, how much money will be in there for for grants for for film productions is still out there. Um, there's other incentive programs um, uh, that will probably end up in the budget that we don't know how you know how much or if if they'll end up uh, there. Um, uh, I could I could go on and on. There's a lot of issues still left, and of course they think they'll get this done in two weeks. Then you're 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 starting to make me wonder uh, on the uh, yes it'll be done. Where where do you come in on that one? Uh, you think it'll be done September 18th? I think it'd look really bad for them if if it wasn't. I mean I think they're all saying right now that that they think it'll be done. Um, as Lynn and Craig said, and and I, I think it will be too. Um, <laughs> And, you know, as we've been uh, sort of reporting both in the News and Observer and the Insider, there is this uh, dynamic, most of it playing out. The pressure is on in the House, right? There was a uh, – the, the, they're having to cut from what they uh, adopted. Yeah, their, their uh, spending, their initial spending in the House budget was a lot higher than what the Senate uh, wanted to spend. So now the, 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 the number that was agreed upon was a lot closer to what the Senate uh, wanted. So the House is now forced to – uh, take a lot of money uh, in the hundreds of millions of dollars out of what it originally agreed to. And that's where uh, there's issues in the house with, you know, teacher assistance and, and things like that, that are, that are big ticket items. 
And, of course, that gets you into that whole uh, issue we've been uh, following all session from the beginning. Uh, the House really, uh, in a way, you could sift it into, uh, you know, four uh, factions. I mean, it's not, not uh, black and white, but you, you sort of have uh, the more liberal Democrats, the more uh, uh, moderate Democrats. They call themselves the Main Street. Main Street Democrats. Main Street right. Democrats. Uh, they vo- many of them voted for this budget in the House earlier. Then you have kind of the moderate Republicans uh, more in line with, with the Speaker, uh, Tim Moore. And then you have more conservative Republicans. So you have these four factions. Um, the budget in the House was originally passed with the, the moderates on both sides, right? right? Democrats and Republicans. And so how this will play out, where the support will come from, uh, to pass a budget, much different dynamic in the House. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of head counting going on right now, and there probably has been for weeks in the House. And every time something gets added or taken out of the budget, you risk losing people or or, or gaining uh, people that, to vote for the budget. So Tim Moore has his work cut out for him in terms of, of trying to uh, cobble together enough people to, to vote for a budget, depending on what's in it and what's not. So there's that whole kind of I'd love to be a fly on the wall in the House caucus to see and I've heard some of their recent meetings have been uh, very uh, um, contentious Um, so every time something gets eliminated or added back in the budget um, you risk alienating certain members who who may be in in districts that they that they um, may not be safe in you know in the House there's more um, legislators there's more representatives who's whose districts are not as strongly Republican or conservative uh, as most of the senators. So there are people uh, who, who could face either primary or general election challenges if they don't do the right thing on the budget. And, and of course, uh, they, they believe in some of the policies, some of the items that are funded in there, and they want to look at the voters and uh, the next time they campaign and say, I supported this and I uh, voted for this or that or whatever it is. So, yes, fascinating uh, dynamic. Tell me, uh, Patrick Gannon, where's the governor? We haven't heard from him on the budget in a while. Um, no, we haven't. Um, I actually reached out yesterday and, and wanted to see if they had a, a comment. The governor uh, hosted again uh, a slew of legislators from the House and Senate um, at, his, at, the, at the mansion um, Thursday morning uh, over a breakfast of eggs and bacon, and that was according to uh, Speaker Tim Moore. Uh, so they've been doing that uh, pretty regularly the last uh, couple weeks uh, where, where some of the leading negotiators go over and have breakfast and talk to the governor about, about what's going on. They did say that nothing was really settled at that meeting, but it's still good to sit across from each other and, and kind of try to hash out some of the, the differences and, and kind of get a framework for uh, – you know, coming to an agreement in the in the future. So, but the governor hasn't really said much, but he is involved, kind of uh, behind the scenes, in, in in meeting with some of these legislators. Very good, very good. So we will stay, of uh, course, on top of that. Let's take a break. We'll be back with our headliners of the week. So you smash your thumb with a hammer. Ouch! You race to the hospital. Ah! 
and they ask, what medications are you taking? Thankfully, in your wallet is a list with your medications on it. Wife went to safemedication.com, downloaded the free template, and wow, that pink pill has a real name. To create your own medication list, visit safemedication.com or talk with your hospital pharmacist. Brought to you by the American Society of Health System Pharmacists. And welcome back on the Domecast, our look back and ahead on all things in politics and government in North Carolina. Thanks for listening. We always like to end with a segment we call Headliners of the Week. If you're a regular listener, you know by now it's uh, 45 seconds. We have nominees. We throw them in the hat. We talk about them and uh, try to beat the bell. I don't have a bell today. I'll just yell it out or something. And um, and then we pick a winner uh, just just for fun. So let's uh, let's see who wants to go first. We'll go with uh, Patrick Gannon. Patrick Gannon of the Insider. Tell us who is your headliner of the week. I'm going to go with uh, John Lasseter, chairman of the board of directors for the Economic Development Partnership of North Carolina, the the roughly year old uh, uh, public private partnership for that that tries to recruit jobs to the state at, at the recent meeting a week or so ago he uh, expressed some significant frustration both with the general assembly's inability to pass extensions or and and funding increases for incentives programs but also for uh, proposed cuts to the operating budget of the partnership uh, which still isn't a year old he says those things undermine the, the partnership's ability to uh, to recruit jobs which is which the legislature created it to do job uh, recruitment money on the line john lassiter john lassiter sounding the alarm it sounds like okay uh let's welcome into the program ben brown hello ben brown welcome to the dome cast tell us who is your headliner of the week uh I'll go with scott rawls he's the departing chief of the uh state community college system uh stepping down september 1 after about seven years on the job uh, Jane Stansel at the NNO had a good spotlight this week uh, pointing out that he got right, you know, he, he got in the position right when the recession was taking people down left and right and how the community colleges saw major uh, enrollment growth in that time period for people wanting to get, you know, trained in and get uh, prepared for the workforce. Uh, also coincided with, uh, of course, big state budget problems. And he shifted things around to try to make it work. Uh, read the interview that Jane Stansel did. It's on uh, newsobserver.com. Hmm. Working in some cross promotion there on the headliner of the week. <laughs> Do my best. That might that that automatically puts you at the top of the list there. Uh, uh, no, that's good. Scott Rawls, so he um, he is off onto new things. Uh, let's talk now with Craig Jarvis. Craig Jarvis of the News and Observer. Tell us uh, who is your headliner of the week. Well, it's harder to think of anybody more in the thick of things right now than Nelson Dollar, the chief budget writer in the House. He, uh, as Patrick said, has been the object of some frustrations by uh, members, the various divisions in the 120-member House Republican Caucus. He's been singled out by the Senate as slowing things down. And he's really uh, obviously the focal point. He's tasked with making all these House priorities come true or salvage salvage what he can in the face of not having enough agreed-upon money to do it. So Nelson Dollar of Kerry would be my choice. Nelson Dollar, uh, the really the gatekeeper on the budget in, in the House, and uh, uh, worth mentioning, uh, he's he's married to uh, Lori Dollar, a um, key figure in the Department of Public Safety. Okay, so Nelson Dollar goes into the hat. 
Uh, tell us, let's see, Lynn Bonner. Lynn Bonner, who is your headliner of the week? I'm going with Representative Rick Leisure from Fayetteville, who's leaving the legislature after 13 years. Um, Rick was known as a really strong supporter of public education, known for his impassioned floor speeches and for his civility. Um, he worked with Republicans um, on some of uh, their issues and worked with uh, some uh, conservative Republicans on things like courts. Um, Rick was not conservative. Uh, he's going to go run the NC Justice Center, uh, as we call it, a, a left-leaning uh, advocacy group. But Republicans had some nice things to say about him uh, yesterday, and he was ranked in the most recent survey of effectiveness as the highest ranking Democrat. So I'll go with Rick. Okay, right on the number there. So Rick uh, Glazier, who uh, is now, his seat is vacant. They will be a replacement chosen from down in the Fayetteville area. Right. Uh, and and he, he was praised from both sides of the aisle, uh, both when he announced that he would be uh, stepping away and then, of course, yeah, and then yesterday. And then yeah. yesterday. Uh, some of the partisans I remember earlier this when when he announced they sort of jumped on him from the sort of the uh, political side but but within the chamber a lot of respect he was well respected yeah he was so uh, let's go ahead we'll call uh, Rick uh, Glazier the uh, headliner of the week he made a, a, a speech on the floor a farewell? Yes, that uh, people were quoting uh, liberally. So, yeah. Um, well, so let's grab some of that. And as we head out, we'll, uh, we'll grab a, a flavor of Rick Glazier on the floor talking about uh, public service, uh, something like that. We'll, 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 we'll grab something. Something like a that. A good segment. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we thank you, as always, uh, for listening. And we will see you soon. You've been listening to the Domecast, a production of the News and Observer and the Insider State Government News Service. You can keep up with the conversation by reading Under the Dome in the Daily Print Edition or online at newsobserver.com. The Insider is found online at ncinsider.com. 